This is Generations. My name is Kevin Swanson. Steve Vaughn with me today as co-host on this edition. And we want to bring the Word of God to bear on all issues, equipping the man of God for every good work, especially police officers today, as well as the rest of us. Well, we catch these stories in the media, and we wonder how to react to them as Christians. The Tyre Nichols beating death that occurred in Atlanta, Georgia, I believe. No, wait, I'm sorry. This is in Tennessee. I believe this is Memphis, yeah, Memphis. Tennessee. I'm sorry. Yes. There are evidently some marches going on in Atlanta, as well as Memphis, Tennessee, right now in protest of what happened. And Christian leaders are stepping up and saying, this is wrong. This is wrong. Franklin Graham took to Facebook, said, what happened to Tyre Nichols should never have happened. It was cruel, unjust, evil. Our hearts break for his family. The heinous actions of these five officers does not mean that people should start talking about defunding the police. On the contrary, it means just the opposite. We need more funding, support for law enforcement, for better training, vetting, hiring, and increasing salaries so we will have the best of the best. God help us. So that's Franklin Graham interacting on this issue. Um, Now, a recent report from Lancet.com reports the number of deaths per year by police action increased from about 700 per year to 1,200 per year between 1980 and 2018, an overall increase of 0.25 per 100,000 to 0.34 per 100,000. And the increases occurred in, say, the last 8 to 10 years. So there's been a slight increase, not huge increase. Also, there are many law enforcement officers that are killed in the line of duty, and that's actually up. Surprise me, it's, it's up quite substantially since 2020 become much more dangerous to become a law enforcement officer in the last two years in the U.S. Kind of surprised me. The number of officers killed in the line of duty kind of wavering between 130 and 200, maxed out at 200 between 1980 and 2020. So for 40 years, it's been about the same. Okay, 130 to 200. It's up to 472 now. That's a lot. I mean, that's double, over double. Yeah. Maybe triple. So that's... Significant, something I, by the way, you would have only heard on the worldview.com. <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't know that I've saw it from any other news source except ours. Um, so we're always trying to find a way in which we sort of balance things out. Okay. People get killed. Babies are getting killed. We cover that. Um, you know, guys arrested on traffic charges and what appears to be a Alleged beating to death on the at the hands of five police officers in Memphis, Tennessee. Bad, yes, we report that. And we report the number of officers that killed in any given year, as published by the National Law Enforcement Officers Memorial Fund. So, you know, we're going to be looking at different aspects of this. The Bible calls us to a degree of fairness. We're not to have a respect of persons when it comes to making judgments. And that's critical especially when it comes to news coverage. But of course we wind up with some odd forms of bias when it comes to the news. And before I take the break, Steve, I just want to touch on this just for a moment. I think be aware, be aware. What is Fox news trying to do to me? What is CNN trying to do to me? Okay. There were 200 murders last week around the U S we heard about one of them on the front page of Fox news and CNN almost every day. But wait, there are 200 murders, not just the one, but there are 200. What about the other 199? What about the 50,000 abortions last week? Atlanta 
had 50 to 20 murders last week. In Memphis, they, they've got their 5 to 10 to 20 murders in any given week. That's Memphis, Tennessee. And I hear this one story about one man who gets killed. What about the others who get killed? What about them? There were 8 to 10 cops killed in the line of duty last week. Why, why am I not hearing about these guys on international news or national news? I'm just not hearing it. Why? Well, evidently somebody's on a campaign. And I'm not sure exactly what the campaign's about, but I guess I'm supposed to figure it out, right? Also, here's one more takeaway. What is Fox News trying to do to me? Fox News presents the five guys who allegedly beat the young black man to death. Prominent pictures on the front page of Fox News. They're all black. What is Fox News trying to do to me? Again, I, I think, you, you know, just ask yourself the question. Don't just be forced into thinking a certain way by a new source, but ask yourself, what is Fox News trying to do to me? CNN presents prominent pictures of the white police officers who kill a black man. What is CNN trying to do to me? Whether it's racists on the left or racists on the right or whoever it is, are they trying to make me more sensitive to skin color? And we need to resist that. The Bible calls us to no special respect a person on the basis of income skin color, or anything else. So whether it's the racist on the right, racist on the left, those wanting me to focus in on the skin color of the victim, those who want me to focus in on the skin color of the perpetrator, okay, how about I not focus on the skin color of either one? Does that make sense, Steve? I, all I'm saying yeah. is be aware. What is the media trying to do to you? Yeah, and uh, there was a movie long time ago. Uh, guess who's coming to dinner? Did you ever see that? Um, I don't think so. Sydney Portier and um but anyway th the whole thing was about this white girl bringing home her black boyfriend saying that they wanted to get married and the uh the black guy's dad was saying you you you're marrying this white girl and Sydney Portier's the, one of the best lines was you see me as a black man i see myself as a man yeah. and that's that was the thing yeah. that we were not supposed to be seeing skin color except for look at the variety that God made. Mm -hmm. But there's one race. That's the human race. Right. And that's it. Right. Amen, brother. So friends, we're also to judge righteously. Again, we're not to give way to the respect of persons. The question, of course, people are asking, are the police being racist across America? Is this some massive conspiracy towards racism in America? Well, I, you know, I'm curious. Maybe, maybe not. Who knows? So I do a little bit of research. and I, I want to know, you know, of the people shot by police in any given year, what would be their skin color, you know, as determined by the people who are making a call on these things? Well, it turns out in 2020, there were 243 blacks, 459 whites, and 171 Hispanics shot by police in 2020. Um, and for what it's worth, I, I don't really see that many stories about whites who are shot by the police. I, mean, I just don't see that many stories about that. But, you know, you look at the data and I think the data is helpful. So let's go back to the data from time to time. I'm an engineer. I'm a scientist by training. And, you know, my some of my professors would say, in God, we trust all else bring data. So, you know, I'm interested in data. <laughs> um, and so I'm looking at this and so I say, OK, well, that's the percentages of folks that are being shot by the police in any given year it just happens in the line of duty and sometimes it's abuse and sometimes it's not we don't know always in which cases we have 
abuse, in which cases which just police protecting themselves and such. Okay, so the U.S. prison population is 33% black, 30% white, and 23% Hispanic. So that's where it's at right now, at least according to Pew Research. U.S. prison population stands at 33% black, 30% white, and 23% Hispanic. So you compare the prison population, which are typically the people that the police are running into on the streets, and you say, okay, how does that compare to police shootings? Okay? The U.S. prison population is 33% black, 30% white, and 23% Hispanic. Well, it turns out here are the ratios for police shootings. 27% black, which is less than the prison population. 51% white, which is far higher than the prison population for white, which is at 30%. And 19% Hispanic, which is lower than the 23% in the prisons. Okay, so there are far more white shootings at the hands of police officers by percentage than white incarcerations by percentage. And that's what the data give, gives to us, at least according to Statista.com and PewResearch.org. So that's what the data tell us. So I guess I'm not throwing a flag on the play at this point. Be back with more in just a moment on the Generations Broadcast. You know, busyness has a way of creeping into our lives. As dads, it can leave us longing for moments of one-on-one time with our sons to simply talk. And those moments can be tough to come by. I get it. That's one of our top goals for our annual summer father-son retreat in the Colorado mountains. To provide quality time for you to connect with your son, can you think of anything more important for your schedule next year? If you are looking for an opportunity to bond, to really bond with your son, then join me, Kevin Swanson, and hundreds of other fathers and sons from across the country next August. But be sure to register soon because we max out the camp every year And we're already filling up. Go to coloradofatherson.com today and choose one of the two weekends available before they are full. Lord willing, I will be there and it will be a great opportunity to meet you and your son. This is your chance to secure the lowest price for this event. So go to coloradofatherson.com and register today. And we are back on Generations. Kevin Swanson with you. And addressing the big issue in the news, which is often this alleged police abuse. Now, uh, we've already tried to balance this out with uh, a view of those law enforcement officers that are killed in the line of duty. And there are godly police officers, are good police officers who are doing a good job. But let's just say that the abuse of power is a very real problem in the history of this world. Whenever it happens, it's an issue. And regardless of skin color, the abuse of power is just plain bad. Whether it happens in the church, by church leadership and the abuse that sometimes is exercised upon children at the hands of priests, pastors, huge issue. Yeah, the abuse of power in the church, in the state, wherever it is, is a major problem whenever it occurs. In fact, I was arrested by abusive police officers on the Central Coast of California this was back in 1988, maybe. And believe it or not, Steve, I don't know if I ever told you this, but it was the evening I took Brenda to the county fair to see Johnny Cash. I think it was our first time out together. <laughs> you know, it turns out now we're married, been married for 33 years. Like, okay, our first time out, we go out to see Johnny Cash at the county fair. And uh, this is up in Paso Robles. I come back, I'm coming down the highway. Uh, that was all torn up for some reason. It was all torn up and it was sand on the side of the road kind of took, you know, my wheel and just kind of, I got stuck on the side 
and uh, this is on Highway One, just south of Aurora Grande, California. And I would I would say it's nine ten o'clock at night, you know, and these police officers show up and they are just you know using foul language towards me, just extreme unprofessional, and throw me in the back of their car, throw me in jail, and uh, you know I I had the blood test and vindicated myself, of course, in the court of law, so no big deal. But it was just these bullies showed up. Now, again, that's not everybody. Yeah. That's not every police officer, but that's just very unprincipled, foul-mouthed police officers. I was as respectful as I could possibly be, you know. Um, but 10-year-old bullies in the school playground sometimes grow up, become petty bureaucrats, even police officers, so they can bully people around. And, uh, in fact, I'm doing an extensive survey of the autocracies of Russia and, you know, where it started. Ivan the Terrible. Horrible. Killed yeah. his own son, wiped out entire villages, started a secret police, uh, some three, four thousand that would terrorize everybody for a period of 10, 15 years. And really the, the modern uh, progenitor of almost all of the bad tyrannies we know of in Russia, China, everywhere around the world starts with Ivan the Terrible. So more on that in a book that's coming out in a little bit. But uh, but it's it's a blessing that you have journalists who are willing to stand up to the abuse of power. And I think that's a good thing. My brother's a journalist. In fact, he just wrote an article on this for his little paper in a little Bergen state of Oregon. I've invested in some of his, uh, his outlets and uh, the media is helpful to bring the truth to the light when there's true corruption happening. And I think freedom of the press has been a true blessing that has pushed off the problem of the abuse of power at points. You agree with that? Oh yeah. Yeah, if if true journalism's being done, yeah. if they if it's uh, you know editorials masking itself as journalism, then maybe not so much if they're in bed with the politicians. But yes, freedom of the press does hold the powers that be accountable for what they're doing. Yeah, and I think it's been a blessing in this country that we have had freedom of the press, and you don't typically get that in communist countries. I think everybody knows that, uh, so we appreciate that. All right, now here's the second point I want to bring on police abuse. God's law does not allow for police officers to beat people up. Certainly, you know, at sort of a random traffic stop sort of a thing. In fact, the key lesson on this is Exodus chapter 21, and it's really the lex talionis, the laws relating uh, to violence. And uh, what we find if men are fighting, if any harm follows, then you shall give life for life, eye for eye, tooth for tooth, hand for hand, food for foot for foot, burn for burn, wound for wound, stripe for stripe. So, you know, the word of God actually does enter in and say, you know what, you just can't be running around beating people up, <laughs> whether or not you've got a badge or not, you know. Um, I think that should be obvious. Now, one of the passages I used for the story that I wrote for the World's View in Five Minutes last Tuesday was Luke chapter 3, where you find the soldiers coming to John the Baptist and my understanding is they're Roman soldiers. They come to John the Baptist preaching a message of repentance, and, and they ask him, well, what shall we do? And he said to them, do not intimidate anyone, accuse falsely, and be content with your wages. Isn't that good for just about any police officer, you know, whether it be some, yeah. you know, some corrupt little, you know, southern police officer in some little town in 1960 who's giving some African-American man a hard time or whether it be ivan the terrible whoever it is whatever petty bureaucrat or large malevolent tyrant what whatever it might be 
there it is. You know, be just. Don't accuse people falsely. Don't drag them into the Gulag Archipelago. And don't intimidate people. And, and the idea of intimidation has to do with doing unjust violence, pressing in upon them and unjustly uh, treating the, 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 the civilians with violence. So you're not to do that sort of thing. It's also interesting that John the Baptist didn't tell them to abandon their post. This is one of the arguments against pacifism. Yeah, they, he just said, this is how you should act within that post yeah. to treat people justly, yeah. don't abuse your power. Yeah, exactly. Now, here, here's a question that I think, you know, some police officers are going to ask. Well, what do you do with a man that will not obey a judge's requirements? He won't appear in court. He won't submit to the judge's orders. Now, my point here is that this is a clear judicial matter. It has something to do with uh, with resisting arrest. If the police officers have been sent by the judicial magistrate to bring the man to court and he resists that. Okay. Now, this isn't a, a matter that's determined by the police officer himself. This is a matter that's already been determined by the judge. Okay. It's like a warrant for the arrest, but it's been issued by a judge. Deuteronomy 17, 12 says the man who acts presumptuously will not heed the judge. That's Deuteronomy 17, 12. He acts presumptuously, does not heed the judge. That man shall die. So you shall put away the evil from Israel, etc. So I know that sounds rather intense, but again, this is not a police officer acting autonomously. This is a judge who's already issued a specific order for that guy. In that case, the police officers actually do have the right to use some force. The police officers obviously cannot take the law into their own hands. Nonetheless, biblical law allows some significant degree of power to the judge to be sure that man makes it to the court of law and, uh, and, and submits to that order, that court order. So now that's quite a bit different than a routine traffic stop in which there's been no judge who's adjudicated any part of the case and they're just beating the guy up. That's, that's quite a bit different. Also, let's also say that the police officer has a right to defend himself. There's a self-defense allowance in Scripture. Biblical law allows for it. So you see, Steve, the, the value of using biblical law for these matters. Absolutely. I mean, God seems to be right on everything, which is why he's God. <laughs> well, let's use the Word of God to equip the man of God for every good work. Friends, I'd recommend to you my little book called The Story of Freedom, which brings biblical words together and applies it to the civil magistrate and the, the, the liberties that, that, that we should enjoy in any given country, in any given nation, while at the same time uh, allowing for the civil magistrate to function, to, to punish the evildoer, while at the same time they're rewarding the good. And so that vision for a proper biblical approach to the civil government is a provided in our little book, The Story of Freedom, uh, available at generations.org. We use it for our 12th grade uh, standard. We also have an excellent presentation of uh, a biblical view of government put together by Gary DeMar that uh, we provide for our 10th grade curriculum. And I'd recommend that to you as well, all available at generations.org. This is Kevin Swanson and Steve Vaughn inviting you back again next time as we continue to lay down a vision for the next generation. <laughs>